Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Good, good. So really fun group on the podcast, which had you and I talking quite a bit just prior to recording today about how excited we are. This is one of our favorite topics to talk about and very timely, which is beauty. And mm -hmm. really excited to have this group on today. Yeah. When we talk to clients, you know, we try to dig in with them of understanding, like, do you want something that you're personally passionate about? And this would be one that probably is one of our biggest passions. We are absolutely a user of most of these services. I have a Botox appointment this weekend. So it's a brand that we are very fired up about and really love. Yeah, I think, and I think it's important too to see the evolution of the services. So, the brand that we have on is is Forever Young, and we'll introduce the co-founders here shortly. But really, I think a long time ago, as I heard Botox, I remember in my mid twenties hearing about it, and I would always picture some cat muppet woman from Orange County, California, whose face was frozen in time, and I thought, "Ew, sick! I don't want my face to look like that." <laughs> But fast forward, you know, 10 plus years, not going to do the math on that one, but <laughs> I've been getting Botox now for, it'll be 10 years this summer and it's amazing. You know, people don't know you're getting it. It helps with headaches. It really is a preventative measure for anti-aging. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the reason that I started getting it. Like when I told a girlfriend, like, I'm going to get Botox because I do, I have terrible headaches and migraines. She's like, you don't need it. You know, you don't have any wrinkles yet. I was again in my mid twenties. And it, the thing that I love about it is there's so many positive things about it. And also it's preventative for things like wrinkles. Um, but the, the cool thing about this brand, we're talking about Botox because I think that's top of mind for us because, you know, I'm going this weekend and the thing that I love about this brand is they are so much more than just Botox, right? They're looking at a couple of different avenues for clients to be able to really help them with holistic kind of wellness, if you will. So they have performance, they have desirability, they have vitality. So they have a lot of incredible services that can help so many people achieve their goals in wellness and beauty. I completely agree. And I think it is, you know, you can freeze your face in time, but if the insides are not going well for you, there's no point. And, you know, I spent my first eight years in, in the franchise game selling supplements. And that was really, it is life-changing, you know, for people to be able to take control of their diet and to supplement things, you know, even getting the amount of protein that you need in a day. So this company is really helpful with that. And then, you know, I've shared on this podcast before that hormones are just such a huge part of overall health. And you don't realize the role that they play until they're out of whack. And I think I told you earlier this week, I was talking to a client and I was actually presenting this brand to them and I shared, hey, you know, my personal story is I had no clue that my testosterone was really low and I could not figure out why I had an extra 15 pounds and I was eating very healthy. All the workouts that I typically do weren't working, had it tested and was able to get my hormones back in control. And 
the weight fell off, but more importantly, I was not mean mommy or mean wifey <laughs> anymore. I noticed that my moods were really a lot better. I was a lot less snappy and my workouts were better. So, you know, I think with this brand, they're just offering so many different things. And this woman reached out to me privately from, we had the consultation with her husband and she said, I just want to thank you so much for talking about that because I'm 42 years old. I'm experiencing that. My doctor is acting like I'm crazy. I have every single symptom that you have. This would be life-changing for me to be able to get this balanced. And that's what these guys are doing. Yeah, it's pretty cool what they're able to do and and all the people that they're able to help. It's really fun to hear success stories, not only for franchisees, but also for their clients. So I feel like we've given away a lot already. I don't want to give too much of their thunder away. So I think it's a good time to now welcome our guests in. So yes, it away. Thank you so much. I'd like to welcome Dennis Dugaloo, Chief Wellness Officer and Co-Founder. And we have Carlton Washington, Co-Founder and Chief Brand Evangelist for Forever Young. And I couldn't think of a better name for your company if I would have named it myself, you guys. That's amazing. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. You know, with every episode, we love to kick off just to hear a little bit about your background. So whoever wants to start first, we'd love to just hear a little bit about your backgrounds and kind of what brought you to co-found Forever Young. My background was was not medical uh, whatsoever. I always tell people I kind of came into this opportunity out of desperation and depression. Uh, I had a corporate background, was working in uh, real estate, insurance, and banking. And at the time, I had to move. We talked earlier about the move from Atlanta to South Florida and came down here and had to go back into a situation work-wise that I, I just hated. And I learned about wellness as a patient and some of the services that we offer, uh, primarily testosterone therapy. And so um, I got to a point where I was like, I'd rather do anything than what I'm doing. I don't care what it what it is. I'm gonna give you know wellness and, and the health industry a try. Uh, it's very difficult to get in. Nobody just gives you opportunities typically in this. There's not a lot of job applications to fill out, so you kind of have to create your own way. And I said, if this doesn't work, I'm just gonna go be a bartender or a waiter or, or, or red jet skis or something. And so I uh, just kind of, wanted to get into something that would help people instead of hurt people. And instead of saying no, say yes and, and, and be around positivity on a daily basis and be able to see the fruits of our labor actually do something good. And so that's what Forever Young has, has been as far as an opportunity for myself and for my family and and hopefully for our patients as well. But that's really where it came from for myself. I'll, I'll hand it over to Dennis to tell his part, but I always like to tell people, you know, people think uh, when they see Dennis and I, uh, you know, as business partners, they're like, oh, these guys are like, you know, childhood friends, best friends or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, as, as of this month, we're eight years in. And I think I met Dennis in around March of 2014. And by May of 2014, we had incorporated a business and started business planning and building this out. We both kind of intersected at a time where it was do or die and just put everything into it and, and gave it a shot. Um, there, there, it wasn't sophisticated. It was like, let's go. My background has pretty much always been in kind of health and wellness ever. I mean, as far back as I could think of, it's like all I cared about, like at different levels, you know, like in, in my teenage years, it was like, I was always a little skinny kid. So I was like, I want to get big. Right. Uh, so I started working out and I, I'm kind of like the uh, I'm like the obsessive type when I get into something like I'm all in 100 percent. Like I don't cut corners. 
So, you know, when it starts starting out like that, all right, I want to get big is just more, there's so much more to it. Right. So I had to learn all the details. Well, how am I going to do that? Do I just show up to the gym and it happens right now? So I had to learn how to work out. I had to learn about nutrition and protein intake and nutrients and vitamins and all the things that come into play with building, you know, a good physique. And I'm also one of those guys that's always like, well, what's next? How do I keep evolving? Right. So that led to nutrition and then personal training. So I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of good at this. And people are always asking me questions. How do I do this or that in the gym? And I was like, you know, I should start getting paid for my efforts and giving out all this information. So I, uh, I started becoming a, per I became a personal trainer in my, my 20s, ended up having my own training business. That's kind of how I met Carlton. Carlton uh, had on his bucket list that he wanted to do a fitness competition. At the time, I was also a fitness competitor. I was a professional fitness competitor doing some fitness modeling here and there. And uh, so he was pointed in my direction, kind of interviewed me. And then we started, he hired me, started working together. And we did a big transformation on him. And like, while we were working together, he started uh, kind of bouncing some ideas off me. I was bouncing some off of him, mainly because, you know, we were actually patients of most of the services that we offer. And, but we had to piecemeal it. So we found this void in the industry and we were like, like, you have to go to all these places to get all the things we want. Why can't, why can't there be a place with all this under one roof? So, you know, we're working together, bouncing these ideas off of each other and we're like, let's, let's do this. And um, that's kind of how Forever Young was born. And that's how we got into it. What a great story, just following passion and purpose and really taking the path of most resistance by starting your own business and, and working your way towards what you guys have accomplished now, which is fantastic. So Forever Young is not a typical med spa, and that's really why we love it. It's not just about aesthetics. So could you guys walk us through your offerings and then the differentiators that you have compared to other med spas that are in the franchise industry and a lot of the mom and pop shops that are out there? So we don't like to refer to ourselves as a med spa. And, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll split it 50-50 with Dennis, like our business is somewhat split up. Uh, we do intersect both sides, but our business is split up into look your best and feel your best. And so the look your best side is going to be you know, coming in to improve, you know, your outer appearance. And we usually like to try to introduce people to the other side, which is the wellness side, to try to, you know, have a full comprehensive plan when they leave to not only looking better and feeling better. And so on the aesthetic and look your better side, we're doing, you know, skincare. We have estheticians, we're doing uh, peels, we're doing hydrofacials, we're doing stuff that I can't even pronounce. They're the experts in that, but things that are all the way from, from just normal skincare to actual injectable aesthetics. We have nurse practitioners, doctors, and physician's assistants who perform those procedures. And so we usually tell people anything that's non-invasive, that's gonna make you look better, that's not surgical, we do it forever young. So a lot of patients are coming in and being introduced to the wellness side through that side, because um, I think you alluded to this before, people think that you know you can just fix the outside and that's usually the first place that they go to fix. But the truth of the matter is, you need to really start on the inside. And so we try to educate those people on things that we offer to do so, so that they get a complete package. And, and again, so that's why we don't refer to ourselves as a med spa. We feel that that term is kind of saturated, overused, and we are so much more. And so um, Dennis, uh, I'll kick it to him in regards to the other side of the business. Like Carlton said, we always refer to ourselves as not a med spa. 
we do have a lot of the components of a med spa, but what Nick, what differentiates us really is the wellness side, which is the feel your best side. So on this side, everything kind of starts with blood work. We do really, really, really extensive blood work. You were talking about earlier that someone had mentioned that their doctor was telling them they're fine and there's no problem. Most doctors don't even do enough blood work to really make that determination. And that's where that kind of stems from what that woman was talking about. We do such extensive blood work that sometimes we do too much and see too much where it actually, it, it hurts our business sometimes because we actually end up having to turn people away sometimes because we see things that are like, oh, this could be a contraindication. You should go see the specialist or whatnot, handle this first and then come back. Or sometimes it's like a hard no. It's like, you know, we see things and you're like, oh, this person's not, you know, set up properly for hormone replacement right now or um, some of the other services. So that's what it all starts from. It's that really extensive blood work. From there, we create the patient's health profile, what we call the forever health profile. Um, it's basically just a really nice presentation of the blood work and a nice PDF file. That's going to have all their recommendations, going to show them where they're deficient, where they're optimal. We do a body composition analysis and then a full physical. At that point, we know everything about the patient as far as their health, their goals, their symptoms, you know, how they're feeling, what they want to accomplish, all that. And then we get started with treatments. Some of the treatments you're going to see on, on the failure best side is hormone replacement, IV therapy, vitamin IV therapy, which is very important for most people don't drink enough water. It's the best way to hydrate your body. I try to do them weekly. Honestly, we both do. But the uh, vitamin IV hydration, we're going to do vitamins like supplements that we have in our line as well. We have our own line of vitamins. And then we also do some nutrition. We have a nutritionist on, on staff. So we try to be like a one-stop shop for health, health, wellness, beauty, and, and really try to help the patient from the inside out, you know, not put band-aids on situations, really get to the root of the issue and figure out what's causing it and then help them feel their best, look their best from the root of the problem. I think that shows that you guys really do care about putting your clients, your patients first, that sometimes you go so far that you tell them, ah, you got to go get help on these things before we can add so much value to you. So that really shows that you kind of care and certainly shows why you guys aren't in that med spa category that you are focused on the inside too. So I think that's great. So those are some of the key points from a consumer standpoint. And obviously, these are things that franchisees are attracted to. And, and you've had incredible success already. You've built a really strong reputation amongst the broker community. And people continue to show your concept and clients are excited about it. So I want to hear a little bit about what do you contribute to this success? You know, what do you think has kind of started your success in this space, in, in franchising? Uh, specifically to our brand, I think it's the authenticity that, that is most appealing. Um, like you said, I mean, we actually, not only do we care about our patients, but we are patients. So we are our demographic, our strongest demographic for what we're doing right now is 35 to 54. That's the consumer that, 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 that you really want to target. And that's the people that need us the most as they're transitioning into, you know, older age, uh, we're looking at life extension. We're looking at fighting stress, fighting these, these, you know, uh, environments that we stay in, in, in the United States that are, are not always the healthiest. And so really there's a necessity for what we're bringing to the marketplace right now. And I think people are shopping that, that opportunity and they're looking to go to a place where they can trust that they're cared for, especially as they're coming on board as a franchisee. And so, um, although we probably haven't sold as many units as we like, but I, I think that also goes back to the reason 
we have less patients crossing over into programs than maybe some due to the lab work because we are going to be uh, transparent and honest and say, hey, you know what, maybe this isn't for you, you know, because the patient's not going to get the desired result if they go out and have a heart attack or a stroke or something happens that we cause. And it's the same thing on the business side. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah, this is a sexy business. Yeah, the numbers are great. You can make a lot of money. But you know what? Maybe this isn't for you because we work a lot. We put our blood, sweat, and tears into this to to create that higher level of success that many franchise concepts actually experience, you know, in terms of revenue and, and net profit and whatnot. And so we've been picky on that side as well. The industry as a whole is extremely popular because it's very attractive and and, and people are, are, are diving into this um, because they're passionate about it. But that also doesn't mean that everybody should be in it. And so I think we've done a really good job of, of just telling the truth, trying to partner with people who are like minded and who, who show signs of being showing potential for success. And I, I think, like Dennis was saying before, you show, show somebody too much of your blood work. Yes, it can have an adverse effect on your money. But over time, that's also allowed us to build trust with our patients. And I think over time, you'll see that we will build trust with more business people and, and potential franchisees as a franchisor that actually really cares about the success. You know, we're not here to just make fees off of people or, or whatnot, like, and we're still working the business. Like, so this is our baby and we care about it. And so I think those things are being picked up when people interact with us and learn more about our brand. And Dennis probably has some other things that you know I didn't touch on as well. We're very passionate. I think when franchisees or potential franchisees come, you know, to the discovery and, and they can see the passion in us. We started this as a passion business. It wasn't like we never got into this and like talked about how much money can we make? It was always let's how much how much can we help people? What services can we add? What are things we would want to use? And, and then like we never really thought about like. How do we get rich? That was like never the, the, the thought of the process, the thought process. And then I would say culture. Uh, we have a really good brand culture. And, you know, when when potential franchisees or patients come into the office, they they see that and they feel it. You know, um, there's a big there's a good story behind our our brand and how we how we built it up and where we came from. So I would say mostly those. But just to touch on how Carlton was saying, like how, you know, sometimes we turn that patient away, right? Every time we've done that, believe it or not, it's actually brought us more patients because that patient will actually go tell 10 of their friends, like this place could have easily just taken my money and lied and just said, Oh, you're fine. Here's, here's your hormones. And yeah, if we gave them hormones, they'd probably start feeling pretty good. Uh, most people do, but you know, maybe we could have caused another issue for them. And so I'm never afraid of losing that patient of being honest and upfront. Just like on the franchise side, you know, when we tell a potential franchisee, you know, we'll do um, what we call ops calls with these potentials and really ask them, like, what their involvement's going to be, like, how passionate are they about the business? And, and, and at the end, if we feel like, hey, this might not be your thing, we'll tell them, you know, we'll say, this is all, this is what it's going to involve. And, you know, just make sure this is really what you want to do. We really want to have a strong brand with people that are like-minded, passionate about what we do. It's always great when the, when the uh, franchisee is also like, like you were saying, like just using the services, which most of them, some of them are, and then some of them start to, um, once they come to our office and do a discovery, they get so interested in all of it. And then, you know, they were they're like, can we do blood work? <laughs> of course. And then once you, 
once you show them uh, on blood, you know, on the on paper, like what what what's going on internally and the improvements you can make, it's always like I I want this business and I want to do all this stuff, you know. So it's it's pretty cool. Integrity is so important and in anything, but I think in franchising especially, and if a franchisor does not have integrity, it is so apparent so quickly. And I love, you know, one of the questions we ask when we vet businesses to show our clients is how many people have you turned down this year that wanted to buy a franchise that came that were ready to stroke a check, that this was their dream. And you just knew that it wasn't going to be successful because you just, you could see it, you know, the formula, you know, the business. And so to hear franchisors say we could have sold 30 to 40 more units, but honestly, it's just not worth it to us because that's not a partner we want to bring on. A lot of people wouldn't, you know, make the, wouldn't feel comfortable with that. That tells me great. Great franchisor, great process. So kudos to you guys. And, and I like to add to that because when we end our discovery process, when we're meeting with franchisees, um, one thing I like to really tell people is like, hey, if, if you don't feel comfortable making a decision right now, I would rather you go and do your due diligence. Go tear up every other comp competing brand in our space. Go tear them apart and then tear us apart too. Then make your decision. And then we can all feel comfortable about it. Compare us apples to apples to anybody out there. And then we're confident that, that you're going to make the right decision. And uh, if you go with somebody else, fine. But at least we know that um, you've done, the, you know, done your research and um, that we can stand behind what we, what we promote and, and who we are. And I don't know that there are apples to apples in the franchise space for you guys. To be really honest with you, it's pretty much apples to screwdrivers because it really is you guys being completely on your own. And then a lot of brands that fall in a different category. And I think it's very apparent when you send the right client, they can see that right away. And I think that's always our objective is to help a client make an educated decision. And if that decision is no, as long as it's educated, that's fantastic because it means that they're coming to a conclusion on their own. So I love that you're willing to push people in the no direction if that's the right choice for them you guys came to franchising in kind of a weird time for an aesthetics business. <laughs> you have weathered a major storm in the form of a global pandemic. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like inside of your existing businesses and then what the rebound's been like following that now? Love to tell people that story because um, I think we would agree and I always tell people this COVID was not the biggest stressor we've ever had. So we had been through things far, far worse than COVID prior to COVID. And so my perception of, of this situation was when, when, when this happened, you know, we were flying back from, uh, from a, a meeting with a uh, franchise developer at the time, and we were leaving and coming back and everybody started wearing masks in the airport that day. And we were like, what the hell is going on? And the whole world turned upside down. By the time we got back home, we were in, you know, in, in chaos. But the cool thing, the reason I tell you that is that our team had weathered other storms again that were much more threatening to our business and so I, everybody just was cool calm collected and just rolled up their sleeves did what they needed to do to adapt to the situation and to the new environment and so the same messaging that we were telling our staff who you know some thought it was our fault you know that all these things were happening or that we need to consolidate hours and all that you know it were, everyone had the same messaging everyone was calm and that same messaging went out to the franchisees to keep them calm as well and to weather that time period. And what ended up happening is everyone came together 60 days later when we were given the all clear to open uh, in a compliant manner. 
we had a long waiting list of people waiting to come in franchisees followed our lead and everyone grew that year uh minus the two months of shutdown and we remained profitable during the two months of shutdown by optimizing the business um, to take advantage of our recurring revenue models and our memberships and to keep everybody going and we gave stipends to our employees backed up unemployment and we didn't lose one staff member during COVID, and we actually grew that year and had a phenomenal year we had a, like a 450 person wait list for botox when we were shut down people were just calling like can you just because we were still seeing essential patients our wellness side was considered essential blood work physicals hormone replacement because i think they the way they had stated it was like if it would affect the patient's quality of life then they need, they need to continue these services which uh hormone replacement would definitely affect your quality of life if you stop so you know, we, they kept calling and like, oh, you know, I'm going to do blood work. Can you do Botox too? And it was like, no, we can't. Um, so we had this 450 person wait list. And what kind of told us was like, you know, take away the pandemic, right? Because like you kind of have to quarantine, stay home, whatever, right? But at that time, pretty much everybody's income either slowed down or stopped. And yet, if we would have allowed it, they would have came in, right? So I don't, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like our business is somewhat recession proof. I'm not going to say it completely is because you never know what you can, what curveball is throwing at you, right? But the same thing was found like back in 2008, you know, studies were showing that people, when people in hard times were actually spending more money on themselves, like self-care. Um, so a lot of private equity was getting into like boutique fitness, like things like Orange Theory and things like that, you know, which makes sense. It's like, if you can't go shopping and go vacationing and all that, like, okay, I'm just going to like sit home and just do little stuff for yourself. Right. I'm going to work. It doesn't cost you much to go work out and, and, and eat healthy. Right. So you start doing those things, which I think we fall in that category of self-help or taking care of yourself. And, and I think it proved that during the, um, during the pandemic. You know, when Brittany and I started this business, we wrote very, Brittany, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. We wrote very specific personal budgets and in that was once a year I get lip injections. Every three months I need to go ahead and get some talks. I, if my forehead moves, I would rather cancel my son's soccer lessons than do that. So we're going to make it work no matter what. And that was literally in our list of non-negotiables inside of our budget. Like, could I drive a lesser car? Sure. Am I going to go without a hydrofacial? No. So yeah. I do think you're absolutely correct. It just becomes so much of a part of your budget and it does really affect how you feel about yourself and now that i've done hormone therapy i cannot ever imagine not having that it's mm -hmm. just a totally different yeah. person physically and mentally so i completely agree mm -hmm. when anybody asks us that i said ask anybody that's had any of those services done if they would stop them or if they would get a second job to continue them i guarantee it's mm -hmm. the latter Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, once you see the difference of anything that we offer, you'll, it's just like, you, you don't want to look in the mirror and be like, ah, I can't believe I'm not going to do this again. Like you start to see the wrinkles come back or, um, especially with hormone replacement, you know, sometimes new patients will ask sometimes, you know, if I start this, can I stop? Sure. I mean, if you want, you can, but do you like the way you feel right now? And if the answer is no, then don't ever think about stopping because we're going to make you feel so great that going back to what you feel like now is going to really suck, like really bad. Like you, even the, it'll feel worse than it feels now because 
you're so used to feeling so much better. Not that it's going to be any worse, but when you take someone from zero to 100, they feel great. And then you take them back to zero really fast. It's, it's not fun. Um, it won't be any worse than they're already feeling, but it'll feel like it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the beauty stuff and having a house cleaner, those are the two things that I would not pull off my list of things that I'd be willing to give up. I love that you mentioned um, the membership model. And so when we look at businesses, when Sam and I evaluate businesses that we want to invest in with our husbands and each other, we love recurring revenue, multiple revenue streams, membership models. Those are buzzwords that we look to hear. You check all of those boxes. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the cool thing is about our business is that even without the actual membership, you're kind of on a membership if you think about it based upon what you guys just said. So what I mean by that is that prior to even having a membership, if you're doing hormone replacement therapy, if you're doing aesthetics, you're coming in on a recurring basis, whether it's for updates on blood work or whether it's for updates on your hormones or updates on your, your Botox, whatever it is. And so as long as you're servicing the patient in our business, it is recurring. But then on top of that, we actually have true membership model. And so we have wellness models, we have uh, aesthetic models, we have introductory models to, for people to try us out. So they're, they're non-committal. And so there's different ways that that person can enter the business. Once they get on, we, we make it so that they're getting a value with reduced pricing and efficiency by being on the membership. And it allows them and reminds them to make this a habit as well, especially on the wellness side. Sometimes people need more of a kick in the butt on the wellness than they do on the on the aesthetics. But um, but it allows them to to come in to to be a part of our culture. You know, they can reach out to us. They have a, a ton of contact, advice, consulting, and coaching along with that as well. And it does come in handy though, like you said, in times where there's crisis or uh, when you need to predict your cash flow. Uh, in the business. But the way we've done it has been very advantageous for the customer. You know, it, it provides a value in, in discounted services at a rate that's really very hard to compete with. And so everybody wins with it. The franchisee wins and the customer wins. They're not losing anything and, and they're all the better for keeping up with the maintenance on these services. I love that. I love it for the franchisee, the consumer. For you guys as a franchisor, you have an amazing baseline of predictive revenue coming into you. So just overwhelmingly that model works and we've seen it time and time again in franchising boutique fitness built their model on the reoccurring revenue of memberships. So really exciting. Now we've talked about not letting everybody buy this business that it is. It's like a very special club to get into. You're really looking for the right people. So who is buying this business? What does that ideal franchisee profile look like for you guys? And then also, what's a day in the life of a franchisee like? Most of them have a passion for at least one side of the practice, whether it's aesthetics or wellness, uh, sometimes even both, but usually a, a passion for at least one or the other, or is very interested in learning more about it and, and, and wants to you know, kind of master all there is to know about it. And then uh, most of our franchisees, I mean, they're usually coming with if not like their own business background, um, some may have owned other franchises. You know, we have franchisees coming over from Orange Theory. We have ones coming from European Wax. So they, some of them do have that experience as franchisees. But again, most of them, I would say, are just they have some sort of passion for one side of the practice. 
Yeah, and then just to add to that, uh, a corporate refugee, you know, corporate refugees are, are can be favorites because they're emulating part of, you know, the, the founding of, of the company, which is to, 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 to gain access to some form of freedom uh, and control over their lifestyle and, and, and over their income and in an environment that is much more friendly and kind than usually where they're coming from. Um, and so they get to control some of the culture. Um, they get to see the culture up front and make a decision about that. And then they get to take part in that and feel the value of that. But also in regards to a day in the life of a franchisee, many of the people that we're bringing on will operate within the franchise initially. Um, so one of the things that, that we've kind of done is, is really request that the people that are coming on board be, like Dennis said, passionate about what we're doing and learn the business, at least for their first unit. Uh, we feel that there's a higher success rate when someone knows what's going on and takes an active role and participates in the the day-to-day -day activities. That's what we did. That's why we're successful. I think that's also why we're we're beating a lot of the medical community in this because the doctors are hands off with the business or don't know or have the skills to operate the business side of what we're doing. Really, what we stress is like let the professionals handle all of this. Once you've paid in let them do construction let them do real estate what you need to be focusing on is patient acquisition and that's what the majority of a new franchisee is to be spending their time with our business is a business in a box so your compliance your um your legal all of these things are, are are given to you as guides and and policy and none of it matters though unless you have a patient to treat and so the majority of a franchisee's initial time should be spent acquiring patients and engaging their community. We focus on fundamentals for our franchisees. And as long as they're spending time doing the fundamentals, just like everything else we do, the patients will come and they will see the hard work, the effort, the authenticity that's been put in. And that should be the separator for making their store successful. You hit on so many good points there because you you first reiterated that they don't need to be a medical professional. Neither of you have a medical background, it sounds like. So I love that you hit on that again. And then they're really leveraging skill sets from either being an entrepreneur or being in the corporate environment, sales, marketing, networking, leading a team. That's what we really encourage people to do is leverage those skill sets and then trust in the franchisor. If you're going to buy into a franchise system, you are buying into a system that's proven, that has systems and support in place. So you hit on some really great things there. And can I add, just because you brought that up, and we just had an executive meeting about this the other day. And for anyone that's listening that may purchase a franchise, not ours or anyone else's, but what we're seeing and what we've heard from other franchisors is the top 20%, the top performers are the ones who follow the process. And we're getting to a point as a brand and as franchisors where we're, it's quite frustrating to see people uh, skip that part because what happens, and we're seeing this with all franchises, if you skip the process, you're not going to have the, the, you're not going to emulate the success of what you were purchasing into. And so uh, for anybody out here that's listening, follow the process. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for any franchisor is they are buying into you. And so we have written on the wall right here, uh, a, a franchisee gave this to us, but no genius attacks in franchising for the first year. We don't need the genius. We don't need that. We need people that follow processes so they can share the same level of success that we're having right now. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, you you have to, if you're going to be in a franchise system, you can't be the smartest guy in the room. You can't want to constantly reinvent the wheel. You have to be excited about having a playbook and a recipe to follow. What are kind of each of your personal compelling reasons for being in franchising? Even if you never thought you would be in franchising, now that you're in it, like, what do you love about it? What's your personal compelling? Um, for me, like when we when we start, when we first kind of kind of got some traction with our you know first couple of locations, we started thinking. Then we started thinking big, and we were always about like this big brand. We wanted to be like that household name, um, you know. That if you wanted Botox or an IV or hormone replacement, no matter where in the country you were, we were the first name that popped up. Um, so that's kind of my um, like my why I like being in franchising. Um, because we can get to that level much faster than we would on our own. You know, we could potentially have a couple hundred locations in the next couple years where if you're doing it on our own, it, it would just take much longer. So that's, that's my favorite part of franchising and really bringing in other like-minded individuals that um, have different backgrounds, right? So like we have guys from in like the IT world, like we're not IT guys, but like this guy could bring a ton of you know, knowledge on IT that could help us maybe behind the scenes on things. You know, we have franchisees that are doctors, nurses, franchisees from all different um, backgrounds that bring different things to the table, which is awesome. Because when we do our our monthly meetings and like we're all collaborating on things, like they they think about things a little bit differently than we do. You know, where a doctor might think a certain way, and and someone with just a business background might think a different way. So that's really cool for me. I like seeing that a lot. Yeah, and I would say, um, yeah, a couple. Uh, one is obviously scaling. Uh, scaling the business was very important. Scaling in the smartest way possible uh, was important. We've never had investors or rich parents or anything like that. And so, you know, we, we were always underdogs when coming into this business, undercapitalized at the time. And we wanted to scale. We knew we have something good to offer. And so uh, to scale our business with like-minded people franchising was the best option and and honestly the other part is competition you know uh that 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 chief evangelist title comes from like we're on a militant crusade to put forever young on the map state to state across the country and that's the fun part you know is it's to to go out there and compete and to see if what we're doing um so far stands up over time and and we believe it will and so um you know, just going into the office and clocking in every day is not, you know, what we're here for. We're here to compete, make it fun and, and to really spread what we've done here and, and to create a legacy for our brand. And so um, uh, scaling first, but competition is, is right up there next to it. And I think you guys have done such a good job of living it, breathing it, being it. And it's so apparent during the conversation today. So I just want to take a moment to thank you both for joining us for coming on our podcast, for hopefully spreading the word. I know you guys are probably going to get a bunch of people Googling specifically hormone replacement therapy, because I think that's a very underrated service that a lot of people feel they need. So thank you guys so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath. 
Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.